You are now plugged in the fucking James River Radio. Don't touch the dial. So, I ran up on Dax and Risk at the Static Selector Juxtapose show right across from the RC Cola wall and um, just asked them some questions about the 305. Check it out. Dr. DAX, Dr. DAKS, destroying all kinds of shit. Acronym. What is our bounds with you? It's kind of like spring break for goddamn graffiti writers. Right. Describe the first time you guys came down here uh, from Atlanta. Like, what was the first? The first year? time I ever came down here from Atlanta, I was pen paling with uh, Baser from FS Crew. Yep. He's originally from New Orleans, but we were pen paling for years, and we just goddamn fuck with each other in the mail a little bit. And I came down around early '94, hooked up with him, painted a bunch of freight trains, bomb style beach, stayed in a little Havana, and this place was like. It was just raw back then, and it was just—it was mostly Latino, as far as who I knew, you know. But coming here was just like a goddamn. Compared to Atlanta, it was a free for all, and it was like a the southern graffiti mecca of the time, you know. Yeah. People like Inkheads and fucking FS and Beef and just all, really wild, almost on the level of New York or LA, but uh, more slept on, you know. Before you came, like, what were the crews that you saw up the most, like when you first came down to? Down uh, here Miami? back then, man. I remember like the first things I saw, man, was like. Coming over that bridge with those like those like hanger-looking dome things, there was a smashing Kepos piece, and I remember being like, "Wow, how in the fuck did they do that there, man?" And that was really impressive. The other thing I remember being impressive is, um, let me think about it real quick, man. Uh, really impressed with goddamn. Uh, that was really impressive, man. I remember just really being like, "That was shocking, right there, man." This Altoids wall that we're right by, they called the RC Cola Factory. I remember that was kind of started going down. We were riding on the highway and never seen no wall lit up like that off the highway. Seeing fucking people on the. Uh, People used to bomb the uh, GB. Had a he was he had passed away. I remember, and he'd been to Atlanta. We met him and all that. But I remember coming down here after he passed away and seeing still a lot of semi trucks off the highway between Fort Lauderdale and here with GBs all over them. Mm -hmm. That was kind of epic. The marina. There was nothing like that in Atlanta. So coming here from like a place like that, dude, I fucking was dizzy and I was really goddamn adrenaline was full rush. A place that was like a free for all that the, the law wasn't really giving a shit about. It, it was just a rundown, dilapidated place and uh. All Miami writers, that was just like, it was like ground zero for fucking bullshit, politics, and graffiti. It was uh, overwhelming. It was just more graffiti than you can even explain. It's a huge abandoned place. Before there really was huge abandoned graffiti places, especially in the South. With Wynwood in specific, when did you first see it start to kind of go in over the other side and kind of get commercialized with coffee? the first time stuff? I ever seen it going over the side. I think we came here in 2006. Basil, that year was like, oh, this is really cool, man. And the next year, I already seen it getting a little bit out of control. And every year since, it's just, it's full-blown ballistic missile out of fucking control now. I don't even know really. It's overwhelming. It's undescribable. Do you still you still enjoy it like you did when you guys first came down here? Um, some parts of it, man. I think I'm successful now, so I enjoy everything, you know. But if, if it wasn't for the success and like all the love I get here, I guess even I, some of it deserved. I would hate this shit. If I just came in here like a civilian or a, an outsider or a nobody, I would hate this shit. But you know, I walk around like I'm a goddamn royalty, so. I, it's just lovely. And I grew up a goddamn Gip Goody, Sleepy Brown used to be roommates, Backbone used to be my roommates, the hype man for fucking Cool Breeze. Still kick it with Big Boy, going, going to Tampa with Big Boy from Miami in a Mercedes goddamn <laughs> van thing to Tampa to do a show. So Dungeon Family, we DF for life. For real, man. That's my people, Goody Mob, Outcast, Cool Breeze, Slim Calhoun, Backbone. G-Rock, so Sam Dunn. How did you first like link up with those guys? Like in a nutshell, how did you first? I met fucking Cujo Goody when I was a little kid and he took me to the studio and they were doing the Goody Mob album and me and Gip really hit it off. I was in the Black Eyes video when I was like 17. Sky high, yeah, sky high. Yep. I was in that video a lot and that really changed the game for me. People started recognizing my face. 
And graffiti-wise, nobody even knew I wrote graffiti. They just thought I was, you know, cool-ass drug dealer motherfucker, hung with them. But did you do design or any, like, photography? I, just, I was just doing illegal graffiti only, and I sold dope, and I rolled with those guys real hard. I gave a lot of artistic input. I filmed videos for Big Boy and Too Short, George Clinton, Gucci Mane. You know, I've just done it all visually. I've been a visual engineer in Atlanta for a long time, and as of, like, 2009, I came out as, like, a, a, a graffiti writer that was also Dax, you know? But before that, in Atlanta, it was, it was a frown. It wasn't cool. There was no like, graffiti groupies. Like, tell us when you smoke crack or something. It was just, like, frowned upon, especially by hoes. But, you know, it's full circle now, and, you know, and now I feel proud to be who I am, especially in my territory. I'm working on a movie called Vandal right now here in Miami. It's a feature film. I'm, I'm in that. I'm, the only, I'm playing myself in it. I'm the only known actor in it. We just, I just got done filming 12 hours here. So that'll be out by next Star Basel probably, and it's going to be huge. First graffiti film in this, in this generation. And, uh, shit, that's just what I'm working on right now. That's why I'm here. I'm getting paid. Real graph shit, just shout out all your crews yeah, and shit. Yeah, man. Graph crews, man, D30, FS, Network, MTK, UCA, WCA. I can go on and on. Top mob, you know. <laughs> New Orleans, 30504. How you be fucking them girls, that little ad D? What's the, What's the difference between a goddamn ham sandwich and a goddamn blowjob? What's the difference between a ham sandwich and a blowjob? You want to go on a picnic? Chris, the first time you guys Risky came to stands for danger. The first time you guys came to Miami as a crew, like, what was it like, and what year, like, what year was it? So it was 2007. We came here, and uh, it was just like a free for all. And it was all crew yeah. shit. It was like, you know, MSK, and like, we wanted to make our mark. So we found walls. It was actually right fucking here, like the back of this fucking building. And we did burners and shit. And it was cool. I, I found Ron English stencils, and I took them and I fucking like used them in my piece. And I, 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 I thought I found them. But he stashed him, you know, later on, I was like, hey, yo. Wait, who's, sten who's stencils? Ron English. Okay. And later I saw him at a shelf, I was like, yo, I got your stencils. And he looked at me like I was nuts. I was like, what a dick. He became one of my best friends, you know, but like, yeah. Shit was wild. There was just too much shit going on. Shit was everywhere. And it was all about burning, right? Yep. And, and graffiti burners mattered, mm -hmm. you know? And like, listen, don't get me wrong, I love fucking graffiti. But now, it really doesn't matter here anymore. There's, there's too much. There's too much. It's definitely a place to get up and, and flex, but you know it's hard to stand out because it's like now it's about the walls. You know, where you're at. You yeah. Know. Um, how did did Retina? Who was like the first one from MSK to come? Like was it Retina? Because I remember Retina and how Mac, L Mac had ill walls like when I first came. Oh nine. Yeah, I, I would definitely think it would be Retina. Yeah. You know because when we got here, yeah, right there. Like you, know, you can't see because I'm pointing. But he had that wall over there. I can I can show it. I have everything yeah. on film. But yeah, you know that wall right there was. Like the first thing I saw that I was like, oh my god, and then it was just shit. This shit was everywhere. Yeah. Um, did who who set you guys up like first down? Because I know Primary Flight was like a, a group that got like a bunch of shit organized. But who who set you up when you would come down? Hey, or was it just Retina up? and say, hey, like I Let's have a? Would it just be people like Retina say, hey, I have a wall for you, come do it? Like how did everything get? Set nah, up? we were like, cause you know Retina came down for his shows. Yeah. And, and, you know, a couple of us came down for shows, but we just we just mobbed out. Like we're always crew first, right? So we just show up, and you know, we all you know crashed each other, or, or took care of ourselves, or hustled, do do what we had to do. So we showed up with really not an agenda. You know, we didn't come out here. When we first came out here. We, we were bombing. Like we didn't have permission. Obviously, the walls are permission, but we showed up with no agenda at all. You know, Montana would send us cans, and that was enough. Mm -hmm. When was the first offer for like a big, uh, like one of those art shows in the tents, like how they set up those big tents? Like when did that stuff 
all come along like the big like orchestrated art kind of gallery type setting that you got to ask each person because it yeah. happens different with all of us you know and we all have different philosophies you know i held off on a lot of shit because i had like the ones i really wanted you know whatever whatever and then that's why i painted in a park view or whatever the neighborhood it's called like over town whatever they call over that town? shit like more more yeah, when more I, close when I did to downtown central, like club of central yeah whatever that was yeah. when i painted down there it was like because i was like not feeling the shit that they were giving me here yeah and i thought the shit was kind of like you know played out so i, I tried to do like all these crazy buildings they ran out of money and uh can you just speak a little bit about like where you're from and like uh where you grew up painting and your influences uh well, at, like from, in yeah, la my, my graffiti career is los angeles you know but i'm from new orleans uh but i started doing graffiti in uh, los angeles uh, heavily influenced from New York, and uh, you know, that's it. I was born and raised in New Orleans, and uh, my career is Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And uh, WCA is a crew you still rep, right? And West Coast artist. And that's Mr. Cartoon as well. Mr. Cartoon, uh, Abel, uh, Retina, Mr. Coffee. Yeah. Uh, how did how did you link up like with Cartoon early on? <laughs> so Cartoon, when I went to school in uh, at Marymount. I was living in Palos Verdes, and he was Flame One. So I met him. I was like, this dude's bad, but his name sucks, right? So we started hanging out, and he became my, my dude. Took him to L.A. He blew everyone away. So he, he's not, sorry, he's not from L.A.? He's from San Pedro, which is, you know, we're all L.A., right? Yeah. But, you know, it's like a yeah, suburb? Yeah. Or? yeah, it's like it's outside of Los Angeles. But he came out there and blew everyone away, and he became my roommate. I got a loft. It was me and, me and Cartoon lived in this loft. And we were just killing shit, you know, just going nuts. Was he tattooing from the beginning too? Yeah, he was tattooing. Air, airbrushing cars and all that. Airbrushing, mostly airbrushing. Uh, you know, you know, I don't know if he's getting mad. He had a Suzuki Samurai with fucking, you know, like these gold rims, and kept telling me like you got to get into a lowrider. So I was like, fuck that. And then you know, he he showed me that whole culture, and I got my cars because of him. And uh, yeah, you know, he was a dude that was a young dude. Was like, fake it till you make it. I didn't really understand that shit. And he was like, yo, risk what's up we're gonna be like blah 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 and we did you know but he had that vision you know i feel like msk has like a huge reach too even in, even with like evidence and dj am and those guys did you know those guys too of course like growing up? of course man i can tell you you know crack stories from my couch i can tell you like uh triumph stories from you know uh accolades you know we, we've, we've been through it all you know and, uh, i remember you know, my underground clubs it was like you know like a lot of shit went down like you know the photos, guns in the air, all that shit, and then so the shit where everyone like actually came up, you know. But it's like we all came up in that that uh, synergy, I guess you'd say, and, like Venice, you know. I hung on Venice Beach a lot, and that was like a very important place for graffiti, you know. Like all the hip hop dudes, like you know uh, Zephyr, uh, Brim from TAT, like Sharp. All these dudes came down to Venice Beach to do these pieces, and we we're like we started painting there yep. so we started break dancing on the boardwalk you know but we took a gangster element to it you know so it's like it was definitely hip-hop influence but it turned punk rock quick and then it was like suicidal tendencies ran venice beach mm -hmm. so we were all sueys you know we we're all these suicidal dudes these kids that were into you know hardcore and punk rock so now i think that was the change of graffiti being hip-hop to different things you know as much as we embraced hip-hop and loved it I think, you know, we were definitely, like, hardcore, and then that bred a new genre. The thing is, like, my, my whole style was influenced by New York because there was no one else writing it in L.A. when I started doing it, and I'm bummed out about that. I wish I was, like, Sabre or Vogue or those dudes that, that created that, like, L.A. style. Like, I'm like, why didn't I fucking see that? 
but all I saw was New York, and that's my influence. And I love those motherfuckers. Don't get me wrong. You know, I, I keep it real. Like that's my influence. But yeah, definitely, those dudes came up with a different era, like, and they created all that you know, hard line edges because of the hardcore shit, and the just kind of letters, and the you know the block letters and all that shit. What projects are you working on? What's oh, coming next? Shit. There's so much like, like people don't get it. Like a lot of graffiti dudes are like, yo, what's up? I do these walls with washes. They're like, where's the letter? There's no letters. It's like, that's just what it is. But that's just one genre. Like I do uh, mixed media shit. I do metal shit. I do sketches. It's like, we're, we're artists, right? So we do different shit. Graffiti is like, you know, near and dear to my heart, but that's a different genre. I'm not, I, I haven't, I haven't chose to show that in galleries. Doesn't mean I don't like it. I love that shit. I probably love that shit more than anything. But right now what I'm showing is different mixed media shit, you know? But, uh, you know, where's it going? I have no fucking idea. It changes every day. I'm here for the movie The Vandal right now. Yeah, Dax was telling me about it. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's cool because it's fictional. It's not a documentary. So we don't have to, like, do the same old shit. Like, you know, what's it about? Everyone fucking knows that. Yeah. We can just, like, get loose and do a real movie. So, I, you know, listen, I don't know where life's going. Like, I think if you, if you have a, a plan, the ride's over. You know, my ride's been a hell of a ride. It's been really fucking great. I don't want it to be over. So I, I really don't want to have an agenda. Just whatever happens tomorrow, as long as it's cool, I'm on that ride, you know? Cool. I appreciate it, man. Thanks, man. Is that all right? Yeah, it's fucking great. You guys want to take a walk and drink some beers? Yes. Where at? Uh-oh. You know you feel like a fag when you're, like, sucking someone's dick and they're right there. It was one of those things. We were like, dude, those guys are sick, you know? And they're like, they're right there. And they're like some greedy, the one of like a greedy white guy. We're just pussy-ass kids, you know? We were in Boston, though. I, I can say we're the first people out landed to go roll through real cities. Atlanta was just a town. And we went to like Boston, you get to Boston, Chicago, New York, and you're just like, oh, this is, this is a real city. LA. Right, right, right. New Orleans, New Orleans is a real town. Yeah. Country town, shit. Town. And here's, a, here's what's scarier about country ass towns. When you when you run into a scary person in Boston, LA, whatever, they're still reasoning though. Oh, yeah, when you run into an ignorant motherfucker in the south though, it's like running into an alligator. <laughs> and you can be like, yo, 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 I got my money. And they're like, no, I don't want your money. I want to hurt you. I want to bite you and hurt you and, and, and make you feel like a fuck boy. Too much aggression. In Boston, they'd be like, what's up, pussy? And then you're like, here's my wallet. And they're like, all right, that's all we wanted. And, and, and you'd be like, here's my wallet. And the side, they're like, no, I want, I'm going to take your wallet later, but we finna goddamn, you're going to suck my dick. You finna go my dick. Sounds like a weird bitch, but I'm telling you, man. I love growing up down here, though. But it must have been so fun before I got never too busy in Wynwood. <laughs> like downtown must have been a zoo. You know what I mean? In Atlanta? No, I'm saying downtown here before it got too like. It must no, have been downtown a zoo. here used to be fucking like a. It was like development that stopped. It was a lot of that. All the drug dealers in the '80s started building shit, and it all got shut down. And so it was like on the rise in, the, in South Beach in the early '80s. I should have talked about that. That shit was all abandoned hotels and senior citizens only. Yeah, and it was like shady, well, that's what they sketchy. Say in Cold there was Cowboys. South Beach gang. That's what, that's what there was a big gang called uh, South, South, SBG South Beach Gang. Yeah, huge gang from down there. People don't even know that South Beach was a scary bitch. That's that's good. You're doing a story on it, and you're from Boston. I don't even know why you give a shit about the city at all. <laughs> because Boston's if I was weak. From Boston, I'd be like, fuck your little. Yeah, but shit, shit stays shit open till 5 a.m. out here. Yeah. No stereotype. Guys from Boston are always ripped. Guy. Yo, he don't even work out. Fonz is ribbed. Yeah, he is. Oh, Fonz is my yeah. dog. RBD30 Fonz A. I don't know what it is. I'm not ribbed, dude. I mean, you, but you're, you don't, Boston you don't guys not. are always kind of like jacked up. Like, 
That's just the program. Hard yeah. team. They're hard on team sports. Am I wrong? Is that part of the culture? That's the program. They're hard on team sports when you're younger. That's the program. They're just hard on team sports. Dude, my dad thought I was gay because I didn't like sports. <laughs> for real, he's like, I was like, dude, are you serious? And he was like, yeah. He's like, I'm sorry for asking. I said, like, why would you fucking ask me that? He goes, well, you don't like sports and you don't like girls. I was like, I do like girls. I like, never seen you one. Can we get into some? Can we get into some strip club talk? Yo, what do you Goddamn think? Goddamn Jazzy T, ass shaker, money maker. What do you sorted think? Sorted alligator, sorted flavor alligator, chill Georgia player. What do you think about King of Diamonds though? You, King you of like Diamonds. You like King of Diamonds? Strip club here? Yeah, you been there? It's I. Right. I like I like Coco's and Rolex with the yep. five dollar dances. You can spend thirty and be balling. <laughs> I'm cheap. What, what is, I've heard I make, about? I make it sprinkle. I've heard about Coco's. Like, what, what is Coco's all about? I've never been to Coco's, Coco's but I heard great black, things. Black nasty. You gotta like them fat black asses, and you can like finger a hoe in that bitch for free. What, uh, what, what strip club really took off first in Atlanta? Man, it used to be like goddamn Club Nicky's, Magic City. Always been around Magic and his sons, the Little Magics. That shit's always been around. That's like they're like heiresses or heirs or whatever you call it. Like seriously, like. That club's been around. The motherfuckers tried to used to burn each other's shit down. They were friends of politicians, like the shadiest, weirdest, all black fucking committee of Atlanta. Like black folks run my town, dude. Can you speak about the first time you went to Magic City? Like what was the first time? Like, yeah, first there? time I went to Magic City, man, I went there with goddamn Goody Mob, Cujo Goody, Gip Goody, Timo Goody, CeeLo, Big Boy and Andre 3000. We all went in there after the goddamn Black Eyes video and I was underage, 1998. I think I was just about turned 18. And we went in that motherfucker, dude, and like, that, that was it. And were they playing out. the music? Like, were they playing? Oh, yeah, all South. Kila Ali, Raheem the Dream. It was, like, all South in there, man, for real. And, and now when you go in there, like, do you, can you still wild out and have a good time in there? Or do you mm. feel it's, like, a different vibe? It's and a different vibe. BMF ruined it. No, no offense to BMF, much love, but BMF fucking, like, came through and just, like, way overdid it. Like, Ro and Ross? Rick Ross and them? No, not Rick Ross. I'm talking, like, Big Meech and fucking Tank and goddamn J-Bo and all that. The real BMF, goddamn uh, Blue, Baby Blue. All them, the real drug dealers, real street motherfuckers came around and they started throwing way too much money. Bitches started buying houses and boats and cars and shit. And we could, I, not that I couldn't even compete. I could, actually, I couldn't compete, but even if I could, I wouldn't. <laughs> What's, I can talk so much, man. <laughs> so what, Coco's is I your talk favorite? $1,000 with the shit and walk a mile and force like a flat. Favorite strip club in South Florida? Favorite strip club in South Florida? In all of South Florida, man. I just had to give it up to goddamn Rolex then. Coco, it's, it's tied between Coco's and Rolex. Rolex is downtown? I'm just nasty. I'm like the white guy that likes black bitches, you know? But where is, um, where is, where's Rolex? Man, I don't even know where we're standing, to be honest with you. I've been coming here my whole life, and I don't know where the fuck I am, dude. Not, hey, no lie. You know where we're at. Well, yeah, we're, we're fucking Miami, we're but right we're, we, to, we, we, woo. We're right next to we 95. Woo. We're right next to 95, RC Cola plant, Alto Altoid Wall. Altoid? It used to be called the Altoid Wall. Why Al but that was when they made Altoids here? I don't know. They, I always knew this place would be in the Altoid wall. Altoid. Back in the 90s, yeah. I think like the first time it was painted, Altoid got it for something, and it's just always been the Altoid wall. I've always known this is Altoid, but it's the RC Cola plant. Risky used to work there when it first opened back in 1910. <laughs> and he was the first person to ever do graffiti in, the, in Miami ever. He used to paint dicks. No pun intended. There you go. Dax on all of them. What was that? I wrote Dax on all those dicks. I have a text message with Risky that he broke up with me. Because <laughs> I didn't show up to his art show. One <laughs> to live, my man. Don't eat the yellow snow. Don't fucking double dutch without a bra. And what's the last one? What were we just talking about? With the you ain't got no haters. Nah, no, if you ain't got no haters, Jesus ain't loving you right. You <laughs>
You want oh, two? Water. You want two? You want for good, one for I good luck? I one, man. You want one for good luck? I might. <laughs> I owe y'all. It's all good. I don't know. Probably went to go meet up you with look a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best. Hey, and big up the Boston in the house, man. Word. Boston boys goddamn so strong they can punch a hole through your head and a hole through your heart. <laughs> punch your goddamn face in the back of your motherfucking head, Celtics. <laughs> Larry Bird. Larry Bird. Early. Early. Larry Bird man. Early. Yes, sir. Early. Were, yo, weren't you in the um, Trinidad James video? Yeah, the fr- that was my uh, in the first one. How did you end up in that? He called me and was like, yo, I need you to goddamn walk me in the goddamn club scene. And I was like, all right, I showed up. Did you meet him before he took off? Way before, yeah. Wait, he had a clothing I, store? That's the thing about me. I, okay, Bubba Sparks calls me the Forrest Gump of hip-hop because I've always been around. <laughs> I, I do Outcast before Outcast was Outcast. I knew Goody Mob, Dungeon Family. I knew everybody. JT Money from down here. Oh, and not because I was, I, I don't even like rap. I really, I didn't, I just like punk rock music and reggae. Like a skinhead and shit. And then those guys love me though, because I sold dope, they love me. We always used to see each other skin in school, but when it came time, those motherfuckers used to like bring me on tours or henchmen and hype man and whatever. And throughout time, I met McConan before he was big, uh, OG Mako, bitch, you guessed it. Yeah. You know, all yeah. those guys, uh, Ray Schmurda, everybody who ever came to Atlanta, I always end up somehow being goddamn magnetically connected with them before they blow up though. And so it don't even matter though. I feel, I feel like a lot of guys come to me because I'm just an elder. And they know I knew Dungeon Family. So a lot of those young guys that come to me, ask for advice, I give them the good stuff. And then they remember it and they put me in their videos. Yeah, so I, I'm 40 years old. I've been in videos since 1998. <laughs> 18 years in, still in videos. Look at future, future forever, ever video. I'm in that. You're like the Triggs of Atlanta. No, I'm like the. Uh, kind of. You know how Triggs would always pop up in a video or like that other dude from I, LA? I was doing way more videos than music videos than Triggs. Yeah. Triggs might be a little more famous though and like more of an icon than me, but he went in more rap videos. R.I.P. though, man. God bless that boy soul and his yeah. family. Love him. He's way more famous, way more significant than Dax, but I was in way more rap videos. <laughs> he was in Diane Antwerp videos though. Triggs? He was in cooler videos. Yeah, he was, he was in videos, but like way more Hollywood, big production, dope ass shit like Diane Antwerp. That was his last video. Actually, he had angel wings on in that video right before he died. 